Hi, and welcome to Unsolved Mysteries of the World, where we explore the unexplained. Our topics include missing persons, UFO and aerial phenomenon, unsolved murders, lost treasures, cryptozoology, urban legends, conspiracies, ancient archaeological anomalies, and much more. If this is your first time listening to us and you like our show, remember to subscribe when you get a chance. Each episode, we will dive into a topic or case with an in-depth narrative and include special guest interviews where possible. This is Unsolved Mysteries of the World, Season 1, Episode 9, Mysterious Sounds. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, be it in your car or tucked into bed, Turn up the volume as we explore some of the most mysterious sounds ever recorded. We have microphones everywhere. I bet there is one within arm's reach of you right now. There is also a microphone some 17,922,000 kilometers away. It isn't a microphone, really. It is an instrument that enables us to hear some physical processes occurring in the interplanetary media as well as in the magnetospheres of the giant planets. This listening device is aboard Voyager 1 and 2, exploratory air spacecraft sent to explore the outer planets in our solar system. Here are some sound recordings, courtesy of Voyager 1 and 2.
Now, what you may find interesting is that we included sound on the spacecraft as well. The idea was if the craft were ever detected by extraterrestrials, they would be able to listen to us. Aboard each spacecraft is a golden record, a collection of sights, sounds, and greetings from Earth. There are 117 images and greetings in 54 languages, with a variety of natural and human-made sounds like storms, volcanoes, rocket launchers, airplanes, and different animals. There's even a recording of Chuck Berry's Johnny Be Good to entertain the aliens. And then there are the brain sounds. The Golden Record also carried an hour-long recording of the brainwaves of Androyan, creative director of NASA's Voyager's Interstellar Message Project. I had asked Carl whether or not it would be possible to compress the impulses in one's brain and nervous system into sound and then put that sound on the record and then think that perhaps the extraterrestrials of the future would be able to reconstitute that data into thought. And he looked at me in beautiful May day in New York City and said, well, you know, thousand million years is a long time you know why don't you go do it uh, because who knows you know who knows what's possible in a thousand million years and so um my brain waves and rem every little sound that my body was making was recorded at bellevue hospital in new york this was two days after carl and i declared our love for each other and so what I often think is that maybe a hundred million years from now, you know, somebody flags that record down, and I always wonder it because part of what I was thinking in this meditation was about the wonder of love and of being in love, and to know it's on those two spacecraft. Even now, in my, whenever I'm down, you know, I'm thinking, and still they move, thirty-five thousand miles an hour, leaving our solar system for the great wide-open sea of interstellar space. We don't have to wonder about the mysteries of outer space when, on our own little blue planet, we can find some very mysterious sounds. To date, we have explored less than 5% of the blue hue and much remains to be learned from exploring the mysteries of the deep. The ocean is the lifeblood of Earth, covering more than 70% of the Earth's surface, driving weather, regulating temperature, and ultimately supporting all living organisms. Well, let us say, all known living organisms. For centuries, there have been legends about sea creatures and giant squids lurking within the deep. It has been only recently, however, that we have started to listen to our oceans. In the 1960s, submarine personnel began hearing a strange noise in various locations in the southern oceans. The sound, which was baffling both military and scientists, was described as a strange rhythmic noise similar to that of a robotic duck quack. The noises were reported by submarines of various sizes and from different nationalities. The military indicated they believed the noises came from other submarines, but were not entirely certain. The phenomenon was dubbed the quacker. 
Let's have a listen to what this mysterious noise sounded like to crew members of deep diving submarines. Scientists were positive it was not the sound of submarines, and in 2013, the international team of researchers deployed acoustic tags on two Antarctic mink whales in the western Antarctic Peninsula. The tags successfully recorded the sound you just heard, concluding that the quacker noise did in fact come from marine life. In recent times, researchers have been paying more attention to the sounds of our oceans, and many organizations now collaborate to study the noises to record and monitor such as underwater seismicity, ice noise, and marine population migration. In 1997, the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA for short, recorded a strange, ultra-low, and extremely powerful underwater sound. For over a decade, the sound called the bloop was debated. No one could accurately determine what it was. According to NOAA, description of it, it rose rapidly in frequency over about one minute and was of sufficient amplitude to be heard on multiple sensors at a range of over 5,000 kilometers away, or 3,000 miles. Noah's Dr. Christopher Fox did not believe its origin was man-made, such as a submarine or a bomb, nor familiar geological events such as volcanoes or earthquakes. While the audio profile of the bloop does resemble that of a living creature, the source was a mystery, both because it was different from known sounds and because it was several times louder than the loudest recorded animal, the blue whale. Let's have a listen to the sound known as the bloop. The NOAA events program studied the noise exhaustively and recently reported their findings. They believe it was caused by a large ice quake generated somewhere between the Bransfield Straits and the Ross Sea, or even possibly Cape Ardair. The bloop may not be so mysterious of a noise after all. However, NOAA has several other audio recordings of noises that they still have yet to determine their origin. In 1991, Noah identified a strange sound they called the upsweep. It consists of a long train of narrow band upsweeping sounds of several seconds in duration each. The source level is high enough to be recorded throughout the Pacific. The sound appears to be seasonal, generally reaching peaks in spring and autumn, but it is unclear whether this is due to changes in the source or seasonal changes. The source can be roughly located at 54 degrees south, 140 degrees west, near the location of inferred volcanic seismicity. But the origin of the sound is unresolved. The overall source level has been declining since 1991, for unknown reasons. Let's have a listen 
to the mysterious upsweep. The whistle, another unidentified sound, was recorded by only one of NOAA's hydrophone recording devices. Scientists indicate it sounds familiar with previously recorded volcanic arc sounds of the Pacific Ocean, but are puzzled to why other recorders did not pick it up. Here is the mysterious whistle. A strange bell-like ring emanating from the Earth has left oceanographers confused for decades, but a new study may have found an explanation. The low-frequency sound, which is inaudible to human ears, but can be detected by seismic instruments, has frustrated scientists since the 1990s. Theories suggested everything from electromagnetic radiation to earthquakes or secret military operations might be to blame. Although the sound is almost certainly too faint for humans to hear, some people claim to be plagued by tinnitus-like noise, including many residents of Bristol in the 1970s, who said the sound caused headaches and even nosebleeds. However, a new study published in the online journal Geophysical Research Letters has proposed a new cause behind this ringing, ocean waves. The Paris Institute of Earth Physics used computer models of the wind, ocean, and seafloor to pinpoint the exact type of waves causing this incessant hum, although the researchers found that colliding ocean waves create some seismic activity, it was mostly the movement and pressure of giant, slow-moving waves that lay behind the Earth's constant vibrations. The study found that these waves could generate seismic waves with a frequency of 13 to 300 seconds the time it takes for the ripple to travel all the way down to the seafloor. The findings indicate that the waves travel deep into the planet's mantle, possibly even going as far as the Earth's core. The hum heard on land is a phenomenon involving widespread reports of a persistent and invasive low-frequency humming, rumbling, or droning noise not audible to all people and is located all across the globe. The hum is sometimes prefixed with the name of a locality where the problem has been particularly publicized. Example, the Bristol hum, the Teos hum, the Windsor hum, the Alberta hum. The essential element that defines the hum is what is perceived as a persistent low-frequency sound, often described as being comparable to that of a distant diesel engine running, or to some similar low-pitched sound for which obvious sources such as household appliances, traffic noises, etc., have been ruled out. There are a number of audio reproductions of the hum available on the web, as well as at least one purported recording. Some people hear the hum only or much more inside buildings as it compared with outdoors. Some perceive vibrations that can be felt through the body. Earplugs are reported as not decreasing it. For those who can hear the hum... It can be a very disturbing phenomenon and has been linked to at least three suicides in the UK alone. A study into the Teos hum indicated that at least 2% of people could hear it, 
each hearer at a different frequency between 32 Hz and 80 Hz, modulated from 0.5 to 2 Hz. Similar results have been found in an earlier British study. It seems to be possible for hearers to move away from it, with one hearer of the Teos hum reporting its range was 48 kilometers away. There are approximately equal percentages of male and female hearers. Age does appear to be a factor, however, with middle-aged people being more likely to hear it. In 2006, Tom Moore, then of Massey University in Auckland, New Zealand, believes he has made several recordings of the Auckland hum. His previous research using simulated sounds had indicated that the hum was around 56 hertz. The tail's hum was between 32 and 80 hertz. There is skepticism as to whether it exists as a physical sound. In 2009, the head of audiology at Addenbrooke's Hospital in Cambridge, David Mark Baguli, said he believed people's problems with the hum were based on the physical world about one-third of the time and stemmed from people focusing too keenly on background sounds the other two-thirds of the time. A Canadian-funded study confirms the humming noise in Windsor, Ontario emanates from an island across the Detroit River but it fails to completely solve the long-running mystery over the vibration. Essex Conservative MP Jeff Watson says the acoustic monitoring study shows the rumbling is real and reaches Windsor from heavily industrial Zug Island in River Rouge, Michigan. But he says the investigation, done by scientists at the University of Windsor and Western University, fails to pinpoint just what has been causing the phenomenon. Meanwhile, residents of a Toronto suburb 370 kilometers northeast of Windsor have started reporting a similar noise, the Leslieville hum. Dr. Colin Novak of the University of Windsor's Department of Mechanical, Automotive and Materials Engineering revealed the hum is real and perhaps it is coming from an industrial area. However, a similar hum is being heard all over Alberta, Canada with an emphasis on the North Calgary neighborhood. The problem is, none of the locations where the hum is heard have any industrial centers nearby. Residents across Alberta who hear the hum say they experience a pressure in the ear and the hum gets louder during the night. They also note the hum appears wherever there is an electrical grid, even in remote areas. There is still no explanation for the hum in Alberta, and to this day, it remains an unsolved mystery. Dr. Glenn McPherson, who lectured at the University of British Columbia, created the World Hum Database and Mapping Project after he first noticed the hum in the spring of 2012. And discovering the hum community, he sensed the need for a unified, moderated, and serious place for discussions and research surrounding the world hum. Looking at the hum map image in Google Maps is crazy. If you visit www.thehum.info, Take a look for yourself. The hum is everywhere. According to researchers, there is no consensus as to what is causing the hums across the globe. And to this day, it all still remains a mystery. Here is an actual recording of the hum. Now, 
let's finish off with the sound of Earth. Yes, it is a hum. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Madia Cupelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian von Ziegler. <laughs>